Hey, how you guys doing? I uh, hope you enjoyed the game, first of all, but uh, I have some news for you. The good news is that uh, Lewis and Blake will be hopping on the reaction pod with me. The bad news is that it didn't actually record through my mic. You know, the expensive good mic that I have where everything sounds nice. Uh, it pulled from my computer mic. So uh, if you're somebody who hates uh, audio that isn't crisp, isn't clean, then uh, this podcast, I'm going to tell you, it's probably not going to be the one you want to listen to. It's it. I listen through it. It's fine, but uh, it's not the the qual- audio quality isn't in the same place. Uh, if you do like Blake and Lewis a lot, though, or like one, dislike the other, whichever it is, all these good things, uh, you're getting at least one of them. And in some cases, for a lot of you people like both, you're getting both. So uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, I'll see you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk. And this podcast, of course, is brought to you by Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyers. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. And you're coming to me after the Raptors lost to the Brooklyn Nets. Unfortunately, an incredible game from Pascal Siakam. A really muted but efficient, controlled game from Fred VanVleet. And Kyrie Irving going ballistic, obviously, was a, a very big deal in this one as well. And was able to keep the Raptors' help at bay with jump shooting and kind of beating guys to to gaps and stuff like that. 109 to 105. They are now one and one on the season. Kevin Durant obviously was pretty good as well. I'm joined here by Blake Murphy and Lewis Sassman. We all watched the uh, the game together. Blake, uh, what are your flashbulb thoughts? Get out of my apartment, please. <laughs> God, leave. You've been here so much the last couple of months. I'm just trying to be a baseball guy and watch my baseball game. No, it was a it was a good game, and I think it's obviously it's disappointing to lose that way. They they let that go in the the late third, early fourth there. But I think especially early in the year, that kind of game is going to teach you a lot about yourself and how to execute late. And I thought there was even in a loss, you look at the key pieces, especially with Pascal Siakam and, and how they defended down the stretch probably still more good to take from that than negative it just you know some things fell apart late what did you make of fred's role in this game and kind of the early season so far yeah i think it's it's not entirely surprising that he's only taken what 20 field goal attempts through the first two games um i think that especially right now the raptors need to focus on seeing what a siakam led offense looks like and what the roles need to be for OG and Obi and Scotty Barnes and other pieces. The Fred thing is it's kind of like when Kyle Lowry's role changed a lot over the years to me is, you know, you can go back to that. That's not going away. Fred being a 20 point a game guy running more pick and roll, having the ball in his hands more that's there for right now. You need to find out more about the other pieces and Fred being off the ball and being as big an off ball threat as he is helps make that transition and that growth easier for other pieces. So I think this is where they need to be for, for a little while here. Um, I don't, you know, there might be the odd night where he takes 18, 19 shots, but I think at least for now, this is probably what it looks like on paper. Okay, so Blake mentioned that Pascal led offense. Lewis, what are your thoughts after a massive game in Brooklyn, a really, really great first half against Cleveland? What's the the Pascal news? Yeah, so we've been talking about this. uh, I mean, all night we just couldn't shut up about Pascal. Juice. Yeah, he's got the juice. And to the extent that no one can guard him. Right, this is what we're saying. There's, there's no individual in the NBA you can just put on Pascal and say we trust that matchup. He is changing the floor for everyone, and the Raptors don't have dudes who change the floor for teammates. Right, they don't have guys who create advantages just by being there. Pascal's that guy, and that's so. I don't care that they lost. Like Pascal's still growing as a player, still testing the boundaries of his powers. 
And a game like this where we see those extreme limits and extents of his abilities, who cares that he lost, man? That was unbelievable. And if that's replicable, his ability to just end dudes in isolation, take on double teams, make the right, just eat everyone. One loss is nothing compared to seeing that and, and teammates seeing that. Okay, so anybody can jump in on this one, but we it sounds like Fred had a good game. It sounds like Pascal had a good game. Mm-hmm. Scotty was pretty great defensively as well. OG, good defensively. So what happened in this game that the Adam Raptors end up losing? Does anybody want to jump in on this point? Yeah, the, the bench stuff is not clicking yet. Yeah. Some of that is you're missing Chris Boucher. You thought Otto Porter would be a part of that for a little extra shooting. I don't think Nick Nurse has figured out exactly what he wants these rotations to look like. And individually, I would say Christian Coloco is probably the only guy out of that group that had a good night tonight. Um, And even then, he probably shouldn't be playing 20 minutes against a team that has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And we saw a lot of good from Christian Coloco, um, especially early in defensive possessions. And then we saw the later those possessions went on when you get into kind of Kyrie and KD time um, and you're, you're a couple rotations in that's a really tough spot to be in. So again, like the game overall, more positive to take than negative, but um, you don't want to rely on him for 20 minutes against the playoff team right now. And there was not a lot else from the bench. I thought Precious Sachua had another shaky game. Um, Thad Young had like one good moment with the stars, but we really, really didn't see a lot of them. Um, yeah, they need, I, I think they need Boucher back maybe more than we, obviously we all love Chris Boucher and know what he brings thought maybe the the precious Achua ascension, the presence of Thad Young maybe insulates you from Boucher's absence a little bit, but that second unit looks like they really need Chris Boucher right now. I think that's, especially when we think about these core coverage threes that the the Nets were able to squeak by on. They're kind of swinging the ball around it gets to a spot. That is where Chris Boucher has an outsized impact is that he changes not only the angle that these players are shooting those threes at, but the pass that it takes to get there because of that core coverage. And even just adding kind of an, a very strong element of offensive rebounding and can give you some stuff that Coloco did without um, a, a few of the rookie mistakes. Like Coloco was awesome, I thought, especially relative to expectations. But the reason why Cleveland almost won in game one and the reason why the Nets ended up winning this game, it's nothing that's happening on the wing. It's typically these really great, uh, initiators at the point of attack, Kyrie Irving with Donovan Mitchell, being able to get into these pick and roll and to absolutely like abuse the Raptors. And Coloco, despite being, I, I think, quite a good rotator to the rim as the low man so far, you know, preseason, early season or whatever. But as a guy who's in backpedaling and drop, trying to play like the cat and mouse game between ball handler and big, it's really tough. What yeah. did you think of Coloco? Yeah, he got hurt a couple times in that. He, he jumped out a couple times and showed his hand at the handler, like before the choice was made and just easy dump offs, which, I mean, if you're talking about why they lost a uh, great game for Nick Claxton, man, 19 points, four blocks, 11 rebounds. He just finished everything. Uh, Brooklyn played a really good game. Kyrie bent the defense in the same way that Pascal did. He didn't have the same uh, efficiency, but the reason why Royce O'Neal was open there at the end of the game, when he hit that three to go up four, was because Kyrie had been torching everyone, and, they, and they'd had to shade everything and just open that up. And a little bit because he's worse than him. But no, I, I don't have the lineup data in front of me. I think, you know, your point about Kyrie not being as efficient as Siakam is accurate, but I would wonder if we isolate for the Kyrie plus bench minutes. Um, those are the ones that at least, and again, I haven't looked at the numbers yet to see, but it felt like that's where the game really swung. That's where Brooklyn's big advantage was. Um, and 
that's a really tough matchup for anyone. Delano Banton, maybe not his best defensive game, trying to combat those Kyrie and bench minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we if we looked, obviously down the stretch, he was Kyrie, but there's a, a pre-KD returns stretch of Kyrie in the second half too, where I think they kind of made some damage. So the before I get to you, the, the big thing that we're kind of hovering around here is the offense outside of Pascal and Fred. So that leaves Gary, OG, Precious, and Delano Banton as guys who, and Precious less so than everybody else there, but will initiate offense. And when you get so many points on so few possessions from Pascal, so many points on so few possessions from Fred, to even reach like league average or really great offense as a team, you don't have to do too much. So what do you think went wrong with the rest of the offense as far as not being able to go helio around Siakam and failing in other aspects of it? Yeah. So that actually was what I was going to say and ties into Fred, the idea that we know he can do this whenever he wants. He didn't when he was playing without Pascal. Uh, he let OG get some touches. Scotty got some touches. Um, he went pick and roll, I think, once before Pascal came back in the fourth and hit a pull-up three. Uh, so, I mean, I think the Raps are clearly taking this. This is what you said uh, first or second quarter or something, Blake. They're clearly taking this as development strip. Oh, yeah, that, that possession at the end of the – I think it was the first quarter where you guys were mad at the Delano Spain pick and roll being run all the time. It's like, yeah, if this was a playoff game or it was the fourth quarter, like they wouldn't run that. But this is a team that still sees himself as developing and there are going to be possessions or stretches where it's like, ah, oh, this doesn't make sense in a, we have to optimize every single possession manner, but that's not quite where they're at. Yet. They're yeah. not that team yet. They still got to figure out, well, if you give Delano those possessions a bunch of times, can you get something out of them? Can you, can you figure more of those things out over the course of the year? It's frustrating in the moment though. Yeah, big, it's not preseason anymore vibes. He yeah. Got, he had two Spain pick and rolls tonight, I think, both to close quarters and both got, he couldn't even touch them. Were they both turnovers? Uh, I think one was a turnover, one was a nothing shot. Is there, as far as development or losing one game, you just got off a full season of working like the Blue Jays. Is there an, a baseball equivalent? <laughs> <laughs> not really because baseball is, like base, baseball and basketball are on the exact opposite extremes in terms of, what the playoffs look like relative to the regular season. Like by the end of 82 in the NBA, hell, by the end of 20, we have a good idea of who the best teams in the NBA are. And more than any other sport, statistically and the way it feels, we're pretty confident, if not the best team, one of the best teams wins the NBA championship. Yeah. In baseball, you play 162 games of one style of play, and then you get into a random, like a, a ping pong ball mm -hmm. juggling lottery thing. And it's not, it's not all the way that. You have to be a good team, obviously, but um, yeah, there's not a, a basketball. There is much more fidelity, I think, in the how are you winning? Why are you winning? I think that stuff is more important in basketball, not because like in baseball it makes you better, but baseball, when you get into a playoff series, like you can't get around that even in a seven game series, it's pretty random mm -hmm. in basketball. Everything you're doing over these moments is leading you somewhere that you can Come playoff time, game one, you can draw a line back to everything you're doing back through the 80 games of the season. Okay, so I just want to take a, a moment to kind of wax poetic about Pascal because he was so good in this game. And for Raptors fans who are looking forward to watching him this season, keep watching him in the mid post. Keep watching how guys cut around him. That Scotty getting two dunks late off of, well, I guess one finish that wasn't a dunk and one getting close to the basket for two finishes late. 
that's a really big deal because these are two guys who I know Pascal hit threes in this game, but they don't space the floor in a traditional sense. And yet they're linking up against, you know, linking up in clutch time to score against these defenses that are very inclined to stop them. The action they ran, of course, where they went the 4-1 pick and roll with Fred Van Vliet screening, Pascal on ball, turns into a switch, turns into a post-up, turns into a double. OG is positioned on the strong side, hits a three. It's just they're able to manufacture offense when they feel inclined. This goes back to Blake's kind of, you know, they're seeing what's working in the early parts of the game. But it was nice to see that they obviously couldn't stop the star power of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant late. But it was nice to see that they're getting things working for their offense and especially just being able to rely on Pascal. It's not even a big shooting game or anything like that. He was basically just worming his way inside, getting to great spots on the floor. He was he was awesome to watch. And I wanted to say one thing on Pascal that Lewis touched on, and it's the type of defender he can do this against, right? And obviously it's game two of the season, and, and if any team doesn't care as much about the regular season as the playoffs, it's the Brooklyn Nets. So these guys might not be all the way dialed in. But you look at the type of thing Pascal has struggled with over the years, and you see him play well against Cleveland with two seven-footers. Not only a seven-footer to be on you and, and deter you from driving, but also one in help. Like it, yeah. it's like it's not two Embiid's, but it's like a double Embiid problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at this game, and Ben Simmons is supposed to be like the guy who could like. I don't think too many people match them up against each other, Siakam and Simmons. But Simmons is supposed to be Mister Defensive Versatility, who can hang with a guy who mixes speed and size like that didn't really play out that way. You look at Royce O'Neal. We were talking a little earlier, probably a bit overrated at this point defensively, but he's supposed to be that guy. He's that big three that teams think they can put on Siakam types. You look at, you're not going to do this in the regular season if you're Brooklyn, but Kevin Durant, that's, that's another piece. Um, Whatever's left of whichever Morris brother this was. um, Marquise. Marquis, uh, the king of the the moving handsy screen. Um, yeah, I just think I think through two games, and we're gonna see a lot more of it with Miami, where he's gonna face Bam and he's gonna face some zone and see how he does against that. Um, maybe even some Jimmy Butler if Jimmy's so inclined. Like it, it's it's good to see this clicking out of the gate with a couple different defender types. So, do you have anything to say about Pascal before we go to Scotty? Oh, oh, crazy. Oh, okay, so I want to talk about Scotty then. Scotty, <laughs> 7 of 14 from the floor, seven boards, uh, two of them offensive, three assists, probably seven or eight passes in this game that, well, there's like three or four that didn't end up assists, but were really, really jaw dropping. Yeah. Reading the four well. What was the one, the Banton one? Yeah. No, he jammed his finger on. He also yeah. had that transition pass to OG. It was kind of like a jump, fake one way, go the other. Yeah. And yeah. it shocked OG so bad, it <laughs> traveled on the catch. Yeah. Right. So yeah. just, yeah, great reads of the open floor, but. Also, you know, he he had obviously Pascal. We saw a lot at the point of attack on Kyrie. We saw a lot of Fred on Kyrie too. But we saw Scotty guarding KD. We saw him guarding Kyrie. These big stars in the league held and, up. Yeah, I'm curious what you thought of that. Oh man, Scotty Barnes. I was critical of his defense last year. He uh, he made a lot of mistakes. He got blown by a lot on the ball uh, earlier in the season. Less so by the end, and not really at all by the playoffs. But he he was weak off ball. Uh, this season, he's been great. Locked in. He hung with Durant a couple times. You know, really great left-to-right movement with all those super, like, up-down crossovers Durant has. Letting his length do the work. Yeah. yeah. He was unbelievable. I was really impressed with his defense. Because that's – he wants to hang his hat there. He he sees himself as a great defender. 
He wants to be known as a great defender. And frankly, he just wasn't last year. And so it's unbelievable to see him, you know, really level up how he is addressing that in the floor. With Kevin's struggles against Boston last year, and, you know, he, he had a pretty tough game against the Raptors. Do we think that there's a style emerging that might, even though he's obviously one of the 10 best players ever, his shooting simplifies so much, but do you think that, like, this type of pressure and length is a good way later on in his career to slow down a Kevin Durant game? I think so, because the one thing that Kevin Durant is going to rely on as that burst goes, that foot speed goes a little bit, is his footwork and his ability to get shots that he can shoot over guys. And the more length you have contesting that, the less of an advantage it is, where obviously peak KD rises up over anyone, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, but we've seen, and you can go back a couple, we've seen the odd time they put Giannis on him instead of Giannis in free safety mode. Like it's when a lot of your kind of emergency situation or last ditch effort situation stuff is about getting shots over guys mm -hmm. and you're dealing with length, length, length. Like I, I don't think Kevin Durant would worry at all about someone who's guarding him with strength and can try to knock him off his spots. Cause I don't think Kevin Durant cares that much about, obviously he wants to have a solid base. He wants to go up certain, but like he can hit ridiculous shots from ridiculous angles. I think he cares more about getting that shot over unimpeded and that's a tougher thing to do against length so we'll see how he how he counters here mm -hmm. I, I do wonder if you know if the ben simmons thing starts to work better than it has these two games these first two games um and, and Kyrie's obviously there if an off ball kevin durant and, and a movement kevin durant isn't something they look to a little bit more just to kind of alleviate some of that you always have to create the advantage yourself that was also some of the idea with harden going there obviously that didn't work out uh, but yeah, I think, you know, length is what you're going to throw at him. And I think, you know, Boston with Robert Williams behind Jason Tatum, or, or you have Al Horford there. Um, Horford, you know, a similar thing. He he had some success against Giannis when they had those series. So I think, yeah, that, that's a, it's a good thing to be able to throw length. Okay. So at this point, are we saying them's the breaks or was there anything you guys would have changed as far as process after this game? Any takers? I mean, you other than playing the starters 44 minutes, like you, you lost these ones in the heavier bench minutes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the solution for that is immediately. Like Precious Achua needs to play better. We know he's capable of playing better. And then you, you know, this is the time of the season where you're trying to figure this stuff out. We thought the continuity would be a huge thing for this team. And I think you're certainly seeing that in the starting unit, uh, which is great to see because statistically the starting unit wasn't all that great last year. Um, but that's supposed to be a six or seven man continuity. And right now, Precious Achua hasn't quite been that because Boucher is not here. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are the breaks a little bit. I'm sure when we watch this back, there's going to be stuff. I thought Gary Trent had a really poor second half uh, offensively. Maybe there's some stuff there. Um, and again, the, the bench giving you what they had three field goals. That's not and three free throws. Yeah. So that's, that's just, not. It's just like last year. Yeah. Like January, yeah. February. Yeah. Nine points from the bench is not going to uh that's not going to be enough against teams that this isn't the deepest of teams but they're even joe harris and patty mills off the bench mm -hmm. it's, it's at least a bench that can score or, or make things a little breezier for for kyrie Irving to get his spots mm -hmm. and yeah that's i do think that we need to focus a little bit on boucher is that when you wanted to win minutes especially regular season minutes last season yeah. boucher was as big a part of that as not as much as the starters, but he was absolutely woven into the fiber of the Vision 6-9 style that the Raptors play. Is there any uh, final remarks you want to have about this game, Lewis? Uh, yeah, Fred. I think it's really hard 
to finally become an all-star after all these years, right? Mr. Bet on yourself is betting on himself to step backwards. That's not an easy mindset uh, approach, you know, for a guy who, who has this huge success, he has this team. He's the last announced, right? When they, when they announced everyone in the home opener for him to come in and say, you know what? I recognize your talent, Pascal. And not just he's on a heater. This is not Pascal scoring 37. This is Pascal is who Pascal is, no matter how. Well, remember the quote a couple preseasons ago? Yeah. He needs to feel comfortable that if he goes out and shoots 40, nobody blinks that he shoots 40. That was Fred that said that. That wasn't Nick Nurse or Masai or Pascal. That was Fred. And he, so he understands that. But as much as Pascal could shoot 40 and no one blinks, Fred could shoot 42 and no one within the Raptors organization is blinking. I think it's, it's, he drops 50. (laughs) And yet he comes in and shoots 11 and doesn't dribble. He lets other guys handle the rock. I just think it's important to applaud that mindset, let alone how successful he was in it, because he was phenomenal. And I, I do want to say I, I really appreciate it. I would have liked a little bit more from Fred offensively kind of pushing the envelope because we saw it like Pascal's off the floor. Fred gets that step up screen, hits that three trailing to his left, right? Is that he's able to, if he wants to, imprint. And maybe this, we see this with Pascal a lot last year, too, is that Pascal in the fourth quarters was hands off for Fred was hands off for Gary if he wanted to run his little pick and rolls or yeah. dribble handoffs and all that kind of stuff. And Pascal, it's it's not always your fault if you're not getting the ball, but sometimes you do have to go and demand it a yeah. little bit. And Fred, it's very important this year that he becomes a bystander at times and a guy who supports drives and forms up off of them, relocates and yep. makes everything that the wings do more dangerous. But I and but I think it was fantastic tonight. It's just that might have helped one of those slower stretches where Pascal wasn't imprinting, I think. Oh, Fred, do less. Get off yeah. the ball. <laughs> oh, Fred, do more. We need you. But, yeah, I do want to, like, what Fred is currently doing is something that most players in the league can't do. Scale down and scale up when necessary is not, and then maintain efficiency throughout it all is not inherent to anybody's yeah. game. That's not typically how basketball is played. And he's and also to kind of give some of that effort that maybe isn't being exerted offensively for steals. The digs, the, <laughs> you know, that and, and he had four in the first game, too. Yes. And he also had a fifth that got called the foul at the very right. end. Yes. I don't think it changes the outcome of the game. It was probably too little too late at that point. Look clean to me. It's look, yeah, it, it, it looks cleaner than the Jared Allen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to urge that it's what Fred is doing takes like tremendous feel. Uh, a ton of experience to be able to do that on the NBA level. And then just a really great example of his skill. So I want to ask you a question then. Sure. Cause you were asking, you know, about the process about how is it, it, what's the value of doing this and not letting Pascal take 30 shots rather than 20. What do you think? Do you think the value of a game like this, maybe you lose, but you get to see a bunch of other things. Is there value in that? Is this loss, you know, just a, just a step forward still for the Raptors league? It depends. I guess it depends how you feel about the players who are getting extra possessions, and it yeah. depends what type of possessions they're seeing. Like uh, last year when Precious Sachua was getting, you know, early clock ISOs, and he kind of took those for himself last year. I didn't like those last year that much. <laughs> uh, and obviously we saw him have a lot of success with early clock isolations in preseason. And during the regular season last year, he turned everything around by his reactive offense. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, holding on to the ball and all that kind of stuff. But if there's fruit to bear in the future, then that stuff is good. And if, for example, if you believe in Delano Banton, he he did, you know, that in and out dribble, he did get downhill one time. It ended up in a turnover, but he got the step on his defender. 
We've seen Delano in the preseason. He started getting downhill. Uh, the first two games of the regular season so far, we're seeing a guy who is still getting stuck above the break, yeah. picking up his dribble early. And if you believe in Delano, then you want him to have these extra possessions, especially if you see the vision of this team being Delano. Maybe maybe it's not a starter, but maybe it's like a sixth man who's big and initiates offense. And to be fair, I thought Delano, his rotations were pretty crisp tonight as well on defense. So at least there was that. Um, yeah, just to follow on that, I would say that, you know, certainly I don't think the three of us are sitting here being like, oh, moral victory. Like yeah, yeah. we're past the, you know, the moral victories for minor league coaches, all that stuff. Um, but process is really important and process is really important over 82. It's really important to inform who you are and who you trust come playoff time. Um, it's especially important at this point in the season where, yeah, all 82 games are created equally. They're all worth a win or worth a loss. Um, but this is the time of year when you're allowed to figure things out and kind of give yourself that grace of like, it didn't work out tonight, but it's going in the right direction. You see the shell of where that could have turned out better. So um, not a moral victory, but like, again, process is really important. Okay. And so the Reggie Evans award, can we find consensus? Who, who most embodied Reggie Evans tonight? Uh, I think Fred. Fred? Yeah. The, sure. Sure, Fred. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so Fred is – but the Reggie Evans ones is kind of tough. But, it, you know, anyway, we'll get to the top of the comment, which is from Spanish Superfly. Quote, we need this version of Siakam to show up in the playoffs. Hope he brings it this year. Great game from Pascal. Great game overall. On to the next. Can you go to uh, Pascal's stats really quickly? Uh, yes, can. I just So – um, if what you're asking is this version of Pascal is 75% from the field, 37 points, 11 assists, and 13 rebounds, I think you're being a little bit greedy. But I will say that process-wise, um, given who was on the court with Pascal for spacing, the shots that were made after he made the passes, I don't think um, as far as what Pascal was trying to do, his process in this game was that far from what he did against Philadelphia in the in the playoffs last year. The, the efficiency is a little bit up, obviously. And there's not a, you know, Embiid waiting at the rim for when he bullies, you know, a Royce O'Neal to get to the spot. But I, I think that Pascal is the same version of who he was when the Raptors played in the playoffs last year. Yeah, the process is I am going to take until you stop letting me. And that is what you can expect. You will get that process in the playoffs. And and this is this is like part and parcel of what we would have seen last year during Pascal's stretch run where he ended up getting that all nba nod 37 11 and 13 would have been something that we would have seen around a game like that probably six or seven times in the last 20 games you know it, it was incredible 17 free throws two over the first two games averaged about five and a half last year that's going to be a big thing not just for him because that's kind of the sign of you don't really care who's guarding you and, and no matter who the opponent is here's what i'm doing and you can let me score. You can foul me. Um, but also this team just like needs more free throws. I think they were 25th in free throw rate last year. Yeah. You don't have the quality of half-court offense yet anyway mm -hmm. to not get a good number of transition buckets and a good number of free throws. So if uh, if Siakam can keep that up, I, I think that goes a long way. And it also, the free throws is exactly what will help buoy these lineups because Nurse has been trying to get away with some of the more offensively challenged lineups. We've seen a lot of Coloco, we've seen a lot of Precious, we've seen a lot of Banton. The only thing that makes that go is if guys step up their shot making and Pascal getting to the free throw line and hitting them, by the way, because I guess if he went five for nine tonight, he was what, four of eight yeah, four in of the eight opener. 
this just nine for 17 is not going to cut it. It has to be so much better. He, he looks disappointed at the line. He's working on it. He does it every practice. But yeah, that's, that's something that we need to see. Closing remarks from anybody. Does anybody want to say something before we get out of here? Get out. <laughs> uh, Lewis? Uh, yeah, three person quick. You ever had this before? The, the pot, three people? I don't, I don't think so. You got to tell us this. Yeah, you can't tell us you've done it before. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. special then. Yeah. I, oh, I do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's that's a good place uh, to leave it as any. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're on YouTube and listening to this the next day, uh, like the video, subscribe, and make sure to subscribe at the website, raptorsrepublic.com. Uh, make sure to go subscribe to the website. It does cost a little bit of money. That's true, but it's worth it. You'll get all of my Min Lewis's writing, which otherwise uh, you won't get. Uh, nothing from Blake. All no, the writing on this couch. All yeah, all the writing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me come out of retirement. Look, yeah. this this Padre series isn't gonna last forever. I'll, I'll have time on my hands soon. So what's what, what meme would you do? The Michael Jordan like I'm back. Like no, I do the the Omar back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the whistle and the, the farmer in the Dell. I know I used it, but I that was just for you. Okay, yeah, just yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's as good a place to leave it as any. Uh, yeah. Like the video, subscribe at Raptors Republic. I guess subscribe to the YouTube too. And if you're a podcast listener, thanks for kicking it with us. Uh, I, I really hope you enjoyed it. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Okay, we got a pod. Uh